Good morning, everyone. Today is Monday, October 19th. Uh, I'm your co-host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined by Carrie Smith. And you are watching Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can support our show by going to unsafespace.com slash donate, where you will have a plethora of ways to donate. You can use fiat currency. You can use Bitcoin. You can use Ethereum. You can go buy stuff uh, at the shop, or you can just like and share the show if you uh, are so inclined. So thank you very much for watching. Carrie, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Do I need to move to your left just a little bit? Yeah. How's that? A little bit better, a little more. Is that good? Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we basically have to be getting it figured out right in the middle of our screens. I'm I have an advantage because I'm farther away from my camera than you are, so I'm smaller. I can move around in screen and still be on screen, but the camera's closer to you. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, first of all, thank you guys. If it's your first time here, as Carter said, you can. You can go to uh, unsafespace.com and find out more about the kinds of shows that we do and what we're about. And we had a book club last night. Thank you to everyone who participated. We have a, a good crowd of people. We had 12 or 13 people. And it was a fun it one. Was, we had some, it was a fun one. We had some new faces. We discussed the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And if you haven't watched it yet and you're interested, you can go check it out. Uh, Thomas St. Thomas was in the discussion and he gave a good synopsis of the book. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the one last night, even though you and I passionately disagreed on some things. I, I think I overplayed my disagreement. I just was bored by it. I wasn't like, it, you know, but <laughs> but uh, but I think our disagreement made for a better discussion um, because, yeah. it you know, we could go have some back and forth, which was great. So, um, yeah, it was yeah, good. It was, and it was fun. oh, and anybody who wants to support us financially Look what I have. I have the mug. Carter sent me my own oh, look mug. look at that. Someone's prepared. Just not me. So if you're at the uh, – if you go to uh, unsafespace.com to donate, we we have a, do- a donate page on unsafespace.com and in all the different ways you can contribute if you want to. And one of those ways is you can become a, a subscriber at our Subscribestar page and anybody who donates at the $25 level or above gets one of these. And look, it's a grenade and the top comes off. And you can have your coffee. I love it. It's actually also really, good for tea if you steep your tea yeah. or if you have if you're sick. This is what I learned. The mug is really good for. I'm gonna pitch our mug for a minute. You know when you're sick and you have that that tea that's supposed to be have a lid <laughs> on it for like five minutes before you drink it, like the cold therapy or whatever. Yes. It's great for that. It keeps it. And if you have stuff, the lid keeps it warm. If you're gonna sit at your desk and work for a while, so it's awesome. It's the best mug ever. How's that? Yeah, and it's got a little. <laughs> Look at this. Right. If you, you pull, pull the, pin, the pin, your brain will explode. It, it comes like out, actually. It came out. Look. Anyway, I love uh, little doodads and stuff. <laughs> I, I think it came out nicely. So thank you, Carter. Someone said, <laughs> Mr. Biggles in chat says, it would be awesome if in one episode we switched rooms or locations with one another but didn't tell anyone about it. That would require flight. That would require Carrie moving yeah. to my house and me moving to Carrie's house. I think... Although it would be a fun practical ex- joke, it might not be worth it. It would be an expensive gag. Yeah, be, <laughs> the bang, the bang for the buck is would be uh, maybe not there, but um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and book club. Our next book club is this book, 
the management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. Uh, and I think that's on November 22nd. So this one is longer than Screw Tape Letters, it appears. I haven't started it yet. Uh, so you might want to start it on the sooner side. And we will pick our fiction book after this uh, shortly so that if you want to do that, I know we're trying to do, we're trying to let you know in advance, like two books in advance. So I know that's on our agenda by Friday. I promise that by Friday, Carrie and I will have picked a we'll fiction pick book. We'll pick a book. So. And if you want to be a part of the, if you are still on Facebook, we have a Facebook group called Unsafe Space Book Club where you can give suggestions and stuff. Um, we This book, yeah, it is a, a, a bit more dense for sure than Screw Tape Letters. And it's also, from what I understand, it's pretty dense in terms of information and material. So you definitely want to start it. I want to start it now. So mm -hmm. I have time to really soak it up and not just skim over it. But so. you have a reputation to uphold. So I think Saturday <laughs> night, Saturday night, the 21st will be, uh, I know no. what you'll be doing. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> oh man. Okay. What's going on? Carter. Uh, you know, I woke up this morning and, um, I realized, I don't think actually there was a lot of news that happened this weekend. There was a few things. But not there wasn't actually a lot of news, which I guess is good because lately most of the weekend news is like cities burning down and people getting shot. So yeah, uh, I guess the lack of news is good. There were a few, there were a, a few violent uh, encounters. There was that I didn't. So on our on our title slide, I put a picture of one person who was hurt, but I didn't put the picture of the guy in San Francisco because it was like not a pleasant picture to see. Um, but there was a women's his march. Teeth. Yeah, he got his teeth punched out. But there was a there was a women's march in D.C. on Saturday. I'm gonna can I put women's march in quotes? Yeah, put that it's, in quotes because just just like Black Lives Matter, it should be in quotes because it's not really about women, and Black Lives Matter is not really about Black lives. But they speaking for all women. They protested. Yeah. Uh, they were protesting Amy Coney Barrett, and there was a woman there. I guess. Not the right kind of woman uh, who had a Trump. Her name is uh, Isabella Marie, Maria De Luca, I think. She had a big Trump flag and she was there and she ended up getting assaulted. Someone punched and choked her. Allegedly, there's not video of it, but she did go to the hospital. She was hospitalized afterwards and treated with uh, a cervical collar due to her neck injuries and her head injuries. Um, so something clear. it turns out so i shared that photo actually can we put it up so anybody hasn't seen it can you want to see, see the photo of her yeah. yeah yeah and and i actually shared that photo not realizing i'm facebook friends with her mother her oh, mother really? replied yeah and said that's my daughter oh wow and i just it just hit home to me what a small world it is and how few degrees of separation there are between any of us and this kind of violence, which is becoming increasingly more common. Um, but yeah, yep. even though you didn't use his Phillips photo for the graphic today, I'd also like to show it because it's very, people need to see, I think what's okay. happening out there. Okay. This is Philip Anderson. Well, hold on before we and show Phillip, the Phillips one. Can yeah. we just, I just wanted to show you, this is what she yeah. looks like normally. I just, I feel bad showing like here's here's her beat up. This is her normally at the rally with her flag. Um, do I have a Philip one? I think I. Oh, actually, I do have one of him. But interestingly enough, can you tell the story of the protest first before I show the photo? Because 
Um, I think, yeah, here's him getting hit. An interesting thing happened. I noticed that I want to. I want to say something about. So, you want to tell the? Well, you tell it because okay. I have some dogs barking in the background. <laughs> okay. Uh, basically, there was just a rally in San Francisco, and um, this guy, Philip Anderson, who happens to be black, by the way. Uh, I think he's black. He looks black. Um, was just out of nowhere punched in the face. Now, he was with Team Save America. They're, they, what they were protesting, um, and actually this is why I had this article queued up because it's worth looking at. What they were protesting, This, I mean, I guess you could call it a pro-Trump rally. They said it's a pro-Trump thing, but they were here um, protesting big tech, a rally to promote free speech and denounce big tech censorship. They were here in San Francisco to protest... Twitter censorship, for example, um, and they were at the UN Plaza, and uh, guys like this from Antifa or associated with Antifa. I mean, I think there were a few dozen people here in San Francisco protesting big tech, and only or so only that, but like hundreds of counter protesters. So they were, you know, if, if you protest in downtown San Francisco in any kind of pro-Trump way, you are massively outnumbered. So they were massively massively outnumbered. People showed up. Um, beat people up. That guy got hurt. Um, and let me see if I can find, I don't even have the Philip Anderson picture, but I can find it. Uh, I just sent it to you. I don't know if it's easy to get it from that or not, but I I can um, search for it just for a moment. Yeah. So they punched him in the face and Tifa punched him in the face and knocked his teeth. They permanently took his teeth out permanently. And, and as you mentioned, the reason why these two stories, I shared them side by side that just the images, because a couple of things struck me about this. One is that these are both members of groups, of identity groups, of so-called marginalized groups that the left claims to speak for. And what we've seen time and again, if you're actually paying attention and you're watching the riots, the protests, if you're watching how the social justice left interacts with people and the, the tactics that they use, they don't actually care about the stuff they say they care about. They're liars. It, not only if you're a black person who, who doesn't agree with social justice ideology or if you're a woman who doesn't agree with social justice ideology or if you're a gay person who doesn't agree with it, they show you what they really believe. And it's not, hey, shut up and listen to black voices like Philip Anderson's or shut up and listen to women and, and you know, trust all, believe all women. It's none of the stuff they say is true. They not only silence you and and give edicts on why you shouldn't be listened to, and they use racial slurs against you. They use sexist slurs against you, homophobic slurs. They will attack you like they BLM attacked our friend Mike Harlow and Brandon Strzok from Walk Away, who are both gay. They 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 called them uh, homophobic slurs while they were physically assaulting them. Um, they assaulted. You know, it was Antifa who assaulted Philip. It was the women's mark people who assaulted the woman we started with um, on the and show. And they, they called him the N word too, just to be clear about yeah, their racism. Yeah, they called him the N word. They will use racist and sexist slurs. They are racist and sexist people, 
and the, their ideology has made them that way. Maybe that they were that way originally, and that's why this ideology appeal appeals to them. But even if they're not, it's going to turn them into people who behave in racist and sexist and homophobic ways. It's it comes out, and I just I just wanted to point that out because there's a couple things this made me think of. The, their names are not going to be repeated in the main in the legacy media. You're not going to see these stories cherry picked, and there's tons of them. These are just two that happened over the weekend, but you're you're not going to see these stories plastered on the legacy media 24/7 and being used to push a false narrative that's being drummed into our heads so much so that casual consumers of the news now believe it. Right? They've pushed this false narrative about. Yep. Um, about uh, black people and police. That's not true. You can look at the statistics and the evidence. It's not true, but people believe it is fact now because the media tells them this constantly. Well, they're not gonna do that with these guys. Nobody's gonna casually from the media come away with the idea that, hey, leftists are attacking people and using racist and sexist slurs and assaulting them physically. And you're not going to you're not going to pick up that story. Their names will not be painted on cars like some social justice um, uh, virtue signaler here in my town painted all of these names of of uh, people who were supposedly, uh, you know, targeted for their race by police on his car and has been sharing tons of photos. Look at my car. Look at all the names. Look at how what a good virtue signaler I am. There, Nobody's going to paint their me. names on a car. There's a street near me where they have they people have put up signs like you drive down the street and like every few feet is another sign of someone. And I was thinking, what if yeah. I just start interspersing it with names of people who were victimized that they don't want to talk about <laughs> and see yeah. if anyone noticed? Because I don't if know half notices. the names. They just start they're adding names all the time, right? All but the time. All... David Dorn. Nobody's gonna put David Dorn's name on their car. You know, David Dorn is um, a guy who was killed during the riots when he was defending a business. He's a black guy. They don't care. Yeah. They're not going to put his name anywhere. And so th this isn't going to become uh, – it's never going to be featured on the news 24-7. It's never going to be cherry-picked to push a false narrative. Nobody's going to start rioting and burning down businesses and murdering people and using these people's names as justification. That's not going to happen. Major corporations are not going to start changing their policies and pushing b belief systems on you based by using these people's names as justification based right. on a false narrative. None of the stuff that we've seen happen over the past four months ha is going to happen with these people. And in, in fact, it's the opposite. They're going to ignore these stories. They're going to pretend like it's not happening. And Joe Biden is not going to get questioned by in a debate or by news media or otherwise, Joe, ba Joe Biden is not going to be repeatedly asked to denounce the Women's March and BLM and Antifa. That's not going to happen. And if he were, if he were to be asked, he would say what he's already said, that this is just an idea. Well, that this idea took Philip Anderson's teeth out. He's not going to be yeah. asked to denounce it if he were. And if let's say he did, let's say he grew a pair of balls and he said, hey, this is terrorism. And this is unacceptable and this is violence and I'm going to call out my own side, which is what we should all be doing. And people on the left need to need to stand down and they need to stop the initiation of force. This is not liberalism. This is tyranny. Stop it. If he were, this is extremism. If he were to say that, which he's not going to do, 
then the media would not do what they've done with Trump. They would not pretend that he never said that and repeatedly ask him the question over and over and over. Oh, I, I think he would he would. I mean, it's too late for him to lose the nomination. But if he was the kind of person that stood up and said that, he would never have gotten the nomination for the Democratic. Uh, no, he party. wouldn't. He's, um, a, he's a coward. Yeah. But what I mean, they, they what they do, this is the, the other thing that's really annoying, right? The media will say if you if you push them on this, the media will say, "Well, Women's March is generally good. BLM is generally <laughs> good. There's a few bad actors, but they're not necessarily associated with. They just happen to be there. But but the moment anything happens that's remotely associated with Trump, it's literally all Trump people. Trump's responsible for the violence. Did you see what the the Gretchen thing over the weekend? The Gretchen Ritmer yeah. thing. She was complaining that. Um, I forget what Trump said, but, he, you know, in typical Trump style, he said something about how she's a tyrant or whatever. And like <laughs> he, he made some comments about her and they were complaining like, oh, how how dare he? How dare he? He's he's directly inciting violence They're Of course, they're linking him now to the kidnap, the, the alleged kidnapping plot. <laughs> Right. Oh, it must have been so it's because of Trump's rhetoric. Everything's because of Trump's rhetoric. Right. Um, but of course. She went on and she had a little video that she made. And on her desk is a little 8646 sign, which 80, that means 86 Trump, which is like get rid of Trump. Now, oh. 86 doesn't – I don't think it actually means kill, but you know that if it was the other way around, that's exactly how it would be taken. And there would yes. be – look at the rhetoric, the rhetoric that Trump has, da, 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 da. He's inciting violence. He's he's enabling the extremists to come out of the closet and attack people. That's exactly yeah. what what they do. It's what they do. it's complete complete cherry picking. And to me, the cherry on top of this whole thing in San Francisco, these guys went there to protest Twitter uh, censorship. Right? Let me yes. show you something, Carrie, that I noticed this morning. You ready for this? That's their Twitter profile. Twitter has suspended their account now. It was linked to over the weekend. Wow. It was working over the weekend. Team Save America account suspended. Why? Account Probably suspended. some bullshit. Re I don't know the reason. I haven't seen any articles about it. Probably some bullshit reason linked to, you know, they said so a they bad word. They 86 it. They 86 yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I get to where I just have to shake my head. And it, it I'm sure like a lot of people, I have periods of, to borrow a phrase from screw tape letters, undulation. I have periods where I'm, I'm just kind of inured to it. And I'm like, yeah, there's more censorship. Yep, there's more of them pushing the false narrative. Yep, here they are defending and carrying water for the actual violent extremists that we that are plaguing our streets at the moment, which are coming from the authoritarian left. Here they are doing this again, and here they are censoring someone again, and here they are canceling accounts again. And but then but then I go through other periods where, and that's where I happen to be today. I'm a little bit just like, okay, again, used <laughs> yeah, to no, it. Me too. But, but but then I I go through other periods though, and maybe you do too, where. I'm just shocked again, shocked that there are still people 
most of them on the left where I reside who still can't see this for some reason, who are so blind. What is wrong with you? I'm not totally shocked by that. Uh, But I do go, I do undulate uh, between, uh, between kind of almost a defeatism, which is not healthy, which is just like, I just, I give up, right? This is crazy to just anger over it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, this is actually why I have the word obfuscate behind me because I was thinking about this. And, and I've got a few other stories that we can talk about related to this, but I might as well mention the sign behind me f- first. I was going to mention it last. Um, what do you do in a world in which, let's say you're not us. You don't have, you're not going to spend most of your time delving into things, or maybe you'll find like one issue to delve into and try and get the source material and facts about, let's say the Hunter Biden thing. That's your thing. You're going to spend time on it, Right. But there's so many things to spend time on. No one has time to actually do in-depth research themselves and make up their minds themselves. And that was the, I mean, make up their minds from source material themselves, right? And that was part of the purpose of, of media, right? Part of the purpose of media is like, well, we we investigated and did all this stuff and we're distilling it and giving you some facts. And you can kind of now, now you see here's the truth and you can make some decisions about what you want to do about it. Um, we're in this time now where I don't, I don't know. I never know what to believe. Like take any given story. It almost doesn't matter what the story is. If mainstream media is talking about it, I'm likely very skeptical of any truth, but I'm also actually, you know, it's not, I I don't like to, I, what a lot of people do is, was when they just, they throw their hands up at the – so I think their goal is to obfuscate, which is what they're doing. They're just obfuscating everything. And I think I think a lot of people's reaction to obfuscated information or um, you know, misinformation or just not being able to know who to trust or what to trust, their default position is to fall back into their tribe and and yeah. like be like, okay, well, I'm on the Democrat side, so – right? Yeah. Or I'm on the Republican side, right? And – when when journalists are doing literally the opposite of their job, their their job is to make it easier for us to ascertain what actually happened, so we can make up our minds about stuff. Their job and is to find the truth the and distill it. Right? They're doing the literal opposite. They're making it actually harder to know what the hell's true. It's harder. Yeah. You are dumber after reading CNN because you don't know yes. what. Like they're they're making shit up or exaggerating stuff or d- double standards for things you don't know. There's a there's a famous Denzel Washington quote where he was asked about the news and Denzel Washington said, if I don't watch the news, I'm uninformed. But if I watch the news, I'm misinformed. Exactly. Right. So it's they're making it worse. And so I think a lot of people's natural reaction, which is understandable, is that, well, I'm just going to fall back to my tribe. What, what do you do? What do you do when you literally don't have you can't spend every waking hour trying to unravel all this crap? Right. Um, so I just, I just, um, I was thinking about that a little bit in light of mostly actually in light of this Hunter Biden stuff. Have, have you seen, there's hey, not really new wait, developments. Wait, but, before you, before you go into that real quick, yeah. this is not a super chat, but I just saw this and mm-hmm. Steve in chat said that 
Oh, this is just like them. This is just like them. Steve in chat said that Tim Pool just showed that the Wikipedia entry for 86 was edited to remove the definition to kill a person because it had a few different definitions. Right. They removed the definition to kill a person. Yeah. So that, Chris was just saying yeah. Urban Dictionary did the same thing. Yeah. Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and this is we didn't really we didn't really dwell on this in our last video. But if you guys were not aware one thing that happened during the Amy Cohen Barrett yes. uh, confirmation hearings is that she was answering a question where she basically said, you know, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, d- doesn't believe in discriminating against a person on the basis of race or sex or sexual preference. And they took the sexual preference and they, now she's saying something positive that they, they presumably agree with, right? That you shouldn't disagree with, you shouldn't discriminate, although they do support discriminating on the basis of all those things. But they say they don't. Um, they took that and they said, Hey, she used the phrase sexual preference. It's demeaning and homophobic and offensive and bigoted. And then what happened? The dictionary, Miriam Webster, the dictionary changed their definition of sexual preference in the dictionary to now read offensive. So if you go there now, it wasn't there before she said it, but now it's there that it says offensive. And it's hilarious because I saw two tweets from The Advocate, which is a a gay publication. The Advocate ran a headline attacking Amy Cohen Barrett and saying she used sexual preference, which is offensive and bigoted. Seven days before, no, it was two weeks before they had run, The Advocate, same publication, had run a headline where they used the phrase sexual preference in a positive way. So it wasn't offensive two weeks prior, but it was suddenly offensive when she said it. Yeah. And then the dictionary was edited, just like 1984. Just it like is, 1984. It, it is exactly like 1984, and it and it is really scary. That it, I don't honestly, I don't blame people who just want to like check out and go get a house in the woods and you know pop some popcorn while the world burns. I totally understand because it is it is scary. It is scary. They're just redefining words. Um, yeah. And and the eighty six. I don't. By the way, I do not think the origin of the phrase eighty six is to kill. It might have come to mean that, but I I don't think that was the origin of the word. Um, it may have come to mean that, but yeah, it may have come to um, one of the many meanings. Like there are several meanings. It may have come to to mean that in some I ways. Think it came they, from yeah, the they restaurant did, industry originally. They just they just deleted it from Wikipedia. And people in the chat are asking. It's it's under preference. Look up look up Merriam Webster and look at their definition of preference. And then, and then do a quick search on Bing or DuckDuckGo. Notice I'm saying don't use Google. But do a quick search and find the people that did screenshots of what the definition of preference said the day before Amy Co- Cohen Barrett used sexual preference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I, you know what? To me, it, uh, you know how there's different versions of the Lord's Prayer? To me, it's almost like she's like, I'm your religion. Uh, trespasses. She, used, she like says the Lord's Prayer and they're like, no, 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 no. She used the word trespasses. That's offensive. And then they like quickly write the church, change it from trespasses to sins. <gasps> okay, okay, okay. Then they change it. Okay, and okay. Trespasses yeah. is offensive. It's always been offensive. Rah! It's like she, it's she spoke been, your yeah. word. She spoke your prayer. She said your thing, but you hate her. So you need to make whatever she said wrong. Uh, and <laughs> you're willing to literally just change it. That's fine. Uh, yeah. It's, it is, it is insane. Um, let's, let's do some super chats actually. Oh, wait, while we're thinking, wait, while we're speaking of insane, can I just, I really want to share insane lady. 
on Twitter. Can I? Oh gosh, yes. Please, can I, I, I have something to say about this woman. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh my. Gonna... <laughs> I have a couple things. I'm gonna turn this light on while you're while you're playing. She's so I can't... awesome. I mean, in a horrible way. Okay. This is making the round. Uh, so let's just. I guess let's just watch it. Let's just watch it. Make sure my sound is not too high so it doesn't clip. Here we go. Let me know if you can't hear it. Oh, wait, you probably can't hear it. Let's try that again. Sorry. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about people like you. Pay attention. We're losing our democracy. Wake up. Wake up. I'm terrified. Okay. She seems nice. She seems nice. I have something to say about this woman. I'm sorry, guys. I know some of you have already seen this, and she's she's terrifying. This just there's a couple things this does for me. One, it brings up what we've talked about, which is that they project all of the time. Everything that they are about, they project and try to say that people who oppose them are about things. So, for example, she's screaming that she's terrified. You are terrifying. You, you are terrifying. And, and you don't seem to realize that. And number two, she's talking about history. You're the people we were warned about. A, I seriously doubt this woman has read very much about history. Seriously doubt she's read very much about history or read she very much went to at public all, school pointed out. And we're the people that the history right. teacher warned her about. Right. Um, That's what she means. Because if she had read about history, the similarities that are currently happening right now between uh, when we talk about the mass manipulation of the American people, the mass manipulation of an entire country, the propaganda, the gaslighting by the legacy media and the, the big social together, and the way that some of those things are being coordinated by our own intelligence agencies – if you if you were familiar with history, you like Sean Lennon, who we talked about the other day, you would be very alarmed at where things are headed. And again, it is a case of projection in that you have been you've bought into this very surface level false narrative that's being pushed on you about um, the ways in which she she believes we're losing our democracy. Well, yeah, our our democratic republic is is under attack. And I think Western civilization itself is under attack. Our entire way of living, the all of the founding principles here in the United States, I had to fill out something. They, they might include me in some news article about voters. And I had to answer these questions about why I'm voting and who I'm voting for. And I was saying, like, truly, all of the principles we were founded on, the, the concept of individualism, free speech, the concept of equality under the law, of personal liberty, all of those things are being threatened at the moment, but not in the way that the media is projecting and telling you they are. What a great obfuscation. 
Look at your, 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 the word of the day on your sign, Carter. They're obfuscating what's really happening and they're gaslighting people like this woman who do not have a deep understanding of history. All she has is emotion. Okay, what do you have to say about her? No, I, I mean, I don't have much to say about her other than she's why I'm against democracy. <laughs> I mean, someone, someone went out of their way to help this woman vote, I'm sure. She is – someone was like, we need more people voting. That Are you sure you got your mail-in ballot, lady? Someone's very concerned that she gets mm. to vote. Uh so, yeah, no, I mean, I think, look, this is common. This is just, um, obviously, it's a form of, of Trump derangement syndrome that's that's been going on. And, you know, we read Coddling of the American Mind, which I think does a great job of laying out some of the psychological foundations for some of the dysfunction that we're seeing today and why people are reacting the way they are. And, uh, you know, I, I this woman's got to be miserable. She's just got to be, like, she's not a happy person. I mean, we all get angry. I've gotten angry before and screamed. But usually I'm angry at myself and screaming and no one's in the house because I feel like I can do that or whatever. Like, sometimes I'll scream at someone. I can't imagine making a video and uploading a video. Like, those are the moments when I lose my shit. Those are the moments when I feel bad about myself afterwards and go, that was not me being my best self. That's not the kind of person I want to be. That's a failure. That's my failure. Uh I failed. So I do she not need to upload any... the failure to Twitter and <laughs> share it around. Talk about being completely divorced from um, self Awareness. introspection. <laughs> yeah. And, like this woman is not grounded. It, you're not aware to step back and say that wasn't my best self. And that's not a way to convince anyone of everything. And hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe the problem is with me. <laughs> If this is the way I'm behaving, at least at least you should stop and question. It may not be with you, but if this is if this is the way you're behaving, I would step back and say, "Okay, how did I contribute to this situation?" It's it's like like you said, you've yelled. You and I have yelled at each other before on the phone. Sure, you know but we don't. We don't like. We don't then like. And that's exactly how I wanted to conduct that. Into I know that's that. what I mean. Yeah. Because you know what happens after you and I have yelled at each other is we both step back and do self-introspection and realize I shouldn't have done this. I should. We both end up apologizing <laughs> right? and then explaining ourselves better as we should and coming to a compromise. We would never be like, this is the best representation of me. <laughs> right. This awful I stand moment by that where rant. I was my worst self. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know what this is? This is the intellectual equivalent of someone who screams louder at a foreign language in a foreign country because they are, they're not understood. Like, you know, the people that they go, you've been, you've been to foreign language, foreign countries before where there's, you, you know, some, some places are tourist destinations. And so you'll have often Americans, but could be anyone, but often the, the, the stereotype is the American who like says the thing. And whatever the thing they're saying is, is in the wrong language or not correct or whatever. And they, or just English. And they just scream it more loudly at you because they think that you don't understand. I'm in China and you don't understand me because I need to speak my English louder and more slowly for you, you dumb Chinese person. Like, no, you're actually speaking in a language that they do not understand. You're not speaking the language. The sounds you're making are not sufficient to communicate. And to me, this is the intellectual equivalent of this. This is her, like, look at her argumentation here. There is 
there's literally no substance to this. This is history that's warned us about you people. There's no that's there's no content there. This is extremely abstract with zero content, no nuance, no philosophy, no reasons. Just she's basically saying you are the bad people and I I see that you don't understand that you're the bad people. And my solution to that is instead of explaining to you that you're the bad people and why, I will yeah. scream more loudly and emphatically that you're bad. Maybe then you'll understand that here's, you're bad. <laughs> here's why I think, in fact, that a person with her personality type exhibiting the behavior she is, and I think she is the kind of person that history's warned us about several times over. And here's a, here's an example. This is a book that we read for book club. If you guys missed it, mm, you can go watch the book. video. It's called Ordinary Men. Um, it's a book that Jordan Peterson recommended, and we finally got to read it. It's by Christopher Browning. And it's about a reserve police battalion, um, police battalion 101, and the final solution in Poland. It, it It's about the Holocaust. And it's about these everyday people. It's basically about how do you get everyday people, average people to go along with great evil and to play a part and be complicit in great evil and tyranny and oppression and even genocide and even murder. And there are some very interesting parts of the book. One part that we read was about how they used, um, they used indoctrination on, on these guys. They had to go to seminars, much like critical race theory, forced, forced critical race theory seminars forced white fragility seminars. And some of their, their seminars were called, you know, race as a worldview, which is what social justice ideology is. And they basically were being, um, ideologically indoctrinated much like people like this woman have been indoctrinated. I would argue without even knowing anything about her, if she's living in this society and she's coming away with this belief, I think that she's at least casually picked up on the indoctrination that's been happening from, all of our legacy media, big social, entertainment, academia, um, especially over the past three months. Especially, oh, over yeah. The past I three mean, months. if you're someone who's like this, you absolutely are a product of your environment, right? Because this is yeah. not, this is, this is the opposite of living consciously and thinking consciously, right? This is just, yeah. she's been taught that what she feels is, is her feelings are sufficient, um, sufficient justification for anger and outrage. And uh, her feelings are – if she's going to believe that lie, then she's very likely – the very existence of her feelings has likely been manufactured, right? Because she's yeah. been leaving – she's been just you, letting yeah. herself get tossed around by the ocean. And if you're, and if you're believing what little we know about her from this video, if you're, if you're believing this false narrative, then you are exactly the people history has warned us about. You're exactly the – average person who can be swayed by propaganda and manipulation to bring out this hatred and toxicity and terrifying part of yourself. Right. You've, you've already shown me you're the type you've bought into all of this. So do I think that she could be the type to have bought into propaganda and justification and indoctrination in the past and some of these historical examples we have of how ideology can go wrong? Yes. Oh, totally. Totally. I could totally see this in the Weimar Republic, her screaming about, you know, who knows, the debauchery in Berlin. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever the, the thing is. But in, in like a pro-Nazi way, I could see her screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if somebody 
the thing is about people like her, there, there was a woman like her who actually, I wonder if it is her. She looks kind of similar. There was a woman like her who was stalking me on Facebook for a while and who was like a friend of a friend and stalking Mike Harlow too. And remember that, that woman I sent you her rantings and you were like, oh, Carrie, yes. this is just straight. Oh yeah. That there was something wrong. Psychotic. Like she needed help. Yeah. She needed help. Yeah. And I actually, I look at this and one, I have a lot of feelings and opinions about it, but one of the opinions is that I hope, I hope she has people in her life who, who really do care about her, who are not just ideological allies, but people who are friends who can say, you like help her, you need help of some kind. I don't know what kind, but you need help. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But she's not likely to get it because she's likely to be surrounded by a bunch of people who uh, think that this is what activism should look like. They want everyone in the country to be like this. So yeah. I don't know. Beverly also shared a story about uh, a kid getting picked on in school like that. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, she's terrified. I, that's she's what's ter scary to me is that she's terrified. Right. Because when people are terrified, they do. If she's actually this is when you back an animal into a corner, even if that animal has no chance, that's when the animal goes crazy and has to fight and will and yeah. will fight for its life. And they have mentally and emotionally they being the corporate media predominantly and and universities, they've backed people like her into a corner mentally and emotionally. Uh, they've been manipulated yeah. to the point where she she's probably one of these people that is worried I'm, that she, she's something about her that Trump will literally send people to kill her on the streets. And if you actually believe that, no wonder this is your reaction. Right. Um, yeah. So. Th this is another reason why I think what the legacy media and what big social are doing is is immoral and unethical. And it, it's immoral on many levels. But. For one of one of the reasons it's immoral is because you are terrifying people, you are gaslighting people, you're causing them to believe things that are not true, things that are terrifying. You're complicit in this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> the press yeah. is not without guilt in a bloody revolution usually the press is or not even a revolution in like in a democide look it, people talk about communism killing 100 million people in the 20th century think about all the corporate media think about all the press that went around uh spewing agitprop for communism that blood's yeah, on their hands the, the blood's on their hands so I have a friend who watches our show and I just wanted to tell you about this because I want to get your thoughts on it. He's very intelligent and he he's a liberal or progressive. I'm not sure how he defines himself, but he's on the left and he definitely sees the danger of social justice ideology. He's aware of it. He watches our show because it concerns him. Um, he is voting Democrat because for him, he believes the, he believes the global warming stuff, um, that hum, humans role in it. And he, 
and he believes the um, I, I don't have an opinion, by the way, if anyone's wondering, I global warming is such a big topic and it's something we've wanted to look at for a while now, but it's going to take a lot of time because I'm going to have to read a lot. So I definitely believe um, climate change is real. It's just, I don't know how much of a role man plays in it. And I don't know how much control government, like giving government more control over things would help anyway. But, um, but he, he, anyway, he's voting Democrat because of the environment and because of global warming. That is his big thing. Um, But so we were talking about that tweet from Sean Lennon, where he said, Mm. it is not an exaggeration to say that the collusion between legacy media and big social is at a, you know, to manipulate the public, the American public for the political outcome that they want to, to try and drive their desired political outcome. It is not exaggerated to say that it has reached Stalinist proportions. And in fact, it might be worse than during Stalin's time because Stalin didn't have social media technology. Just imagine, would we even have an accurate reporting of that history if he had had social media technology? So my friend took issue with this and was saying that it was hyperbole because there's no way it's, it's, nowhere close to Stalinist proportions because Stalin was, you know, putting people in gulags and in death camps. And I said, wait a minute, we're talking about two different things. things. Yeah. 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 Two different things. It's, it's, nobody's saying this is, we're at that point of putting people in work camps or gulags yet, yet we could be. And I'm not even saying we're inevitably headed there. I don't know what the future holds. What, what Sean Lennon was saying is that the, um, the, the apparatus which currently exists in the U.S. to push propaganda, to censor real news and truth, and to mass manipulate the public is on a level of Stalin's propaganda machine and arguably is even worse because of social media. We have these gadgets in our hand. We carry them around everywhere with us that you rightly pointed out, Carter, track everything we think and do and who we associate with and what we buy and everything about us. Imagine, and John, you know, Sean Lennon was inviting us to imagine what it could have been like if Stalin had had that technology, how much more successful would the propaganda and the mass control of people have been? Um, it is not hyperbole. That apparatus is at Stalinist proportions. And he also seemed to be hung up on the fact that, well, from his point of view, well, this is happening by, it is happening, but it's big social and it's legacy media doing it. It's not the government. And my point is that your distinction between the apparatus that's doing it between, well, it's different if it's the government doing it versus big social and legacy media, your distinction doesn't matter when it comes to the effect. I don't care who is behind the mass manipulation of American people and the propaganda machine that we're, we're currently suffering under, that this, this alternate reality, I don't care who's creating the false reality. The fact is it is on a massive scale and it's being created and the effect is the same if it, if it were the government versus legacy media and, and big social. Uh, nobody's arguing with you about the differences um, between those two types of censorship, that one is protected and one's not, the private ones by private companies is protected and the other's not. Nobody's arguing about that. We could get into the details on that and argue about Section 230 and stuff, but I don't care to do that. The point is, the I'm talking about the effect on the American people is the same. And, and you're ignoring the fact that deep state, our intelligence agencies, our milita- military industrial complex, they work in collusion with legacy media and big social 
to to pull off this propaganda. They push the stories. That that documentary, The Plot Against the President, I didn't need to watch that to understand this feedback loop, but if you do need something to illustrate it for you and show exa- exactly how it works, it shows how the FBI and the CIA plant stories in the press and then they use those stories to get the justification for FISA warrants and things that whatever action it is they want to take, they use the stories that they create to then be As able to corroborating evidence the for the stuff they're doing. Yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. And so, so all of this to say, when I started talking about how they do work in collusion with the government and with deep state, he said, well, I don't, I don't believe in a deep state conspiracy. And so I said, I tried to get him to clarify. I was like, do you mean you don't believe in deep state itself or a deep state quote conspiracy? Because deep state is just a phrase that people that we use to refer to unelected government officials, like in the intelligence agencies, like in the military agencies, that's all that means. And so if you don't believe in deep state, do you believe, do you believe, for example, that Epstein killed himself? Do you believe that uh, Oswald? <laughs> you had to a- bring it back to Epstein. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I, I asked him, I said, do you believe that Oswald was a lone gunman and just a nut job who killed Kennedy? Do you believe that? And he said, well, I don't know enough about the Kennedy assassination. Okay. Well, let's take something current. Do you believe Epstein killed himself? I, I don't, I, I'm saying all this to you, Carter, because I don't deep deep yeah. state is something that the left we used to talk about and criticize. We yeah, talked about state, it. We the, talked about yeah. The deep state is unfortunately labeled because it sounds like a, a crazy Mel Gibson movie, right? Uh, it sounds like there's some kind of oh, it's the deep state, and there's you know yeah, uh, or or the X and X Files thing, like this smoking man's in a room with some other people, and they're you know consorting with aliens or whatever, right? Um, yeah. The deep state. It's not that. No, the deep state is just the massive bureaucracy which has an agenda of its own. And if you like you I don't think any reasonably intelligent rational person can deny that there is a bureaucracy that has its own agenda. And that agenda is to grow in power and control. It's very clear. Right? It's how budgets work. I mean, you don't spend all your money this year, you don't get as much next year. You got to spend all your money. It's just very, very simple things, right? Um, you've got, you you, uh, you set up an agency to solve a problem. Well, you better never solve it or you're all going to lose your jobs, right? Like the, the deep state is a massive bureaucracy with its own agenda. And it doesn't mean there's a smoky room filled with old guys with cigars making plans, Although there could be sometimes, I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't mean there's a massive coordinated campaign. It just means the deep state has its own agenda. It has the own, its own things that you want to do. And you don't have to be on the left or on the right to think right. of this as coherent with your viewpoint. Plenty of leftists throughout history have complained about the deep state. There's plenty of complaints about nefarious activities that the CIA has been involved in, both inside this country and outside this country. Um, And I mean, and that's kind of the most dramatic, obvious Hollywood type stuff. But there's also just less dramatic stuff like a bureaucrat in the EPA opposing something because it would shut down his little pet project and blah, blah, blah. That's the deep state. The deep state has an agenda. The deep state has its agenda. And so I, I don't see how any anyone who is rational and awake 
can really say there isn't a deep state. Mm. Clearly, there's a deep right. state. If there wasn't a deep state, I would be very happy because there would be no budget for the deep state. So uh, if the, liber- well, the, the, the classical liberals or the libertarians, people who want small government, the minarchists, uh, when they're in control completely, then you will see no deep state. Because right. <laughs> there will only be a limited government activities. But as soon as there's all this government activity, there is a deep state by definition. And, um, you know, these are the same leftists who, who, who were very excited about the concept of a military industrial complex and probably still believe that. This guy probably is all about Cheney and Halliburton and the Bushes and the oil and wars for oil and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's the deep state. That is the other yeah. part of the deep That's all related that's all related. Um, it's it's actually I'm I'm very glad we're reading management of savagery next because I think it's going to get into some of this stuff about the intelligence agencies and about our um, continual intervention in the Middle East and you know for people who I, I guess I was just curious what your take on was was on people who I guess think there's no deep state and part of the problem, like you, I, mean, I work for the is, deep state. Don't tell me there's no deep. state, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so, and part I know some problem, people in chat did. Yeah. It's part of the problem, I guess, is the unfortunate naming and, and that it causes people to conjure some X files kind of, yeah. Like you said, smoky room with lizard people and whatever, like all this crazy right, stuff. Right. And that's not what it is. It's, it's just unelected government officials who. Right. And yeah. it is often very incompetent. That is true. The deep state isn't like, it's power through numbers, but not competence. The deep state isn't necessarily like massively competent at manipulating stuff. There's just a lot of them. And it's got a lot of power. And, you know, they often are, they can be, they can be very incompetent. Ask Keith the hack guy in chat. Um, (laughs) So... You know, and they've got their they've and got it, their agendas, right? And I guess I would also say, and I I didn't bring this up with my friend yet, but for anyone who is not familiar with it, you know, read about Operation Mockingbird and the CIA. You know, read Operation about Paperclip. Operation pa- Paperclip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, even even in the Kennedy files that Trump did open up, I don't know if people remember this. It barely made a blip in the news, but he did he did release some Kennedy documents. And in those, I thought the most interesting one was the one that showed how the CIA had had plans to bomb, to set off a bomb in an American city in Florida. They were going to set off a bomb and blame it on Castro. Well, the the 1993 world trade center bombing, the guy who was uh, in the FBI informant, he took the bomb to the FBI. He said to the FBI, we're building a bomb. Because he was the informant for this, quote, terrorist cell, whatever. I assume you want me to build it with non, like, real parts. You want me to build an inert bomb, right? You know what the FBI said? No, no, no. Use real use real stuff. <laughs> like, okay. Then there was a – it blew up. Thank you, yeah. FBI. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I – Keith, Keith in chat says, ha, I confirm the deep state exists and <laughs> is often incompetent. <laughs> I knew he would confirm both of those facts. But can I just make some – I want to say something about global warming okay. slash climate change. Uh, okay. I'm tired of – there's a lot of cowardice 
about saying anything negative about global warming. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying like I've I've felt it, right? There's a lot of fear about saying anything negative about global warming because the assumption is that you're just a science denier, you don't get it, you're an idiot, how could you possibly blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna just go on record right now. I don't give a crap about climate change. I don't care. Climate change is a hoax. Not everything's a hoax about it. Yes, carbon dioxide has an effect. Yes, I believe humans are contributing to an increasing global warming. I believe that's true. I don't, I, again, I'm not exactly sure how much. I do think that it's, that like, the science is there that humans are probably contributing. Now, there is a lot of evidence that there's other contributing factors. However, mm. here's why it's a hoax. It doesn't matter, that doesn't, that part is irrelevant. Here's why it's a hoax. The standards by which the conversation is had are false. They are the wrong standards. The st if you care about climate change, the standards that you should have for this conversation are what is better for human flourishing? And to have that conversation, you need to say what are the costs and what are the benefits? You can't ignore one column. So you can't say we need to ban fossil fuels and then ignore the cost to human life for banning fossil fuels. You have to, you have to understand and admit the vital role that cheap energy plays in saving human lives across the globe. Our standard of living fundamentally depends in many ways on cheap energy. And this pipe dream that we're going to pretend that uh, wind turbines and solar can get us there, it, that, that science is bullcrap. That is bullcrap. They cannot get us there. They can't. And, and they're ignoring the costs of heavy metals and poison and like the windmills only last for 10, I think what, 10 years, so the lifetime's not that long. It is mm -hmm. ridiculous. The, the, if you care about, and, and, and on top of all of that, they outlaw discussions about rational things like nuclear power and they catastrophize everything. They tell us all the time. It's the end. You know how many times I'm, I'm in my mid forties. I, I can't even count on on both hands how many times I've been told the end of the world is going to happen because it's too yeah. late. We've passed the point of no return. It's too late. It's all scientists agree. The science is settled. It's too late. Oh, that didn't happen next year. It's Global, too late. Yeah. The science is settled. Every fucking time over and over Global and over bullying. and over again. Yeah. Yes. They have zero credibility. Zero credibility. I'm not didn't saying to be anti-science. Our calendar, didn't you put on your calendar the date at which they told us, most recently told us there would be the point of no return? Yeah, it was like September or whatever. Hold on. Yeah, I, I, I have it somewhere. It was in, it was recent. I have it on my calendar. This was the, the latest one I heard. It was September 26th. According to Think Progress, September 26, 2020 was the point of no return. <laughs> There's literally no way out after September 26 if we didn't drastically do all these things they wanted. And guess what? We didn't do those things, so we're all going to die anyway. Who cares? Um, <laughs> it, it, it is it is utter bullshit. Well, you are not allowed to have a rational conversation about it. You're not allowed to – if you cite any data, if you say, well, there seems to be correlation to um, – uh, the sun and 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 other planetary temperature. No, can't have that conversation. Oh, uh, it seems like it's not warming as this model predicted. Oh, well, we just call it climate change now. Shut the hell up. Oh, uh, you know, you smoothed all the data for all these other years, and then at the very end, you stopped smoothing, and so it looks like the variance makes it look like a lot crazier than it has been. Oh, we can't have that conversation. It is not 
Climate change is a hoax for by virtue of the fact that it is a dishonest conversation. It is a dishonest conversation, and there is always one outcome, which is more government power and control. It is that it's it that it makes it political. It is purely political because it's completely dishonest, and it's always the answer is always unquestionably more government control. And that alone should should cause you to throw the whole thing away. Screw you guys. Come back when you want to talk about science and have an actual discussion. If you care about science so much, then you are willing Let to talk, talk about, about contrary data, problems with models, things that haven't worked out that you keep saying in the past. You're willing to sit down and have a discussion, and you don't come in presupposing that you need AOC's Green New Deal to save the fucking planet or we're all going to die. And you also come in with the understanding that maybe, maybe the temperature going up a few degrees actually isn't catastrophic for humans. Maybe we would be fine on a planet with 10 degrees average. I don't know more. I don't know. Canada would be melted, would lose some ice caps. Florida would lose some beachfront property. But would the humans be better off? Maybe, I don't know, we're not even allowed to have a discussion about that because all you care about is your fucking political agenda. That's all they care about. That's what makes it a hoax. Sorry, that was a rant <laughs> no, longer I than I intended it. to do. And Fine. it wasn't my plan. You, you're actually, it. you're making me think that, see, COVID the, this whole the way they've they've treated COVID and the way that they have censored any doctors and virologists and you know scientists who yes. have questioned the official narrative, the way that they've done that and I've watched that happen in real time and I've been awake during it. Now I, it does make me question if they've done all the same stuff with climate change and. I just was younger. I just bought into the narrative at a time when I wasn't paying attention like I do now. So it does make me want to go back and look at all that stuff and, and see what I actually think. But because even I've been hesitant about if they, it. Yeah, if they, but if they treated, if they've done the same thing with climate change that I've watched them do with COVID, where they claim to own the science and that the science supports their narrative and they censor any science that's opposing, well then, Yeah. I don't buy that BS. Why can't we have a conversation? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's that's the thing. You know what is more likely to kill humans than the climate the next 100 years? Governments. Yeah. Governments are more likely to You know who kills more humans than any environmental disaster ever? Governments. Governments. Governments are the threat. They're a way bigger threat than global warming. And again, I would love to be in a point where we can have a, a conversation. I'm not denying that there may be scientific evidence that humans are contributing to global warming. That's fine. But no one's having an actual conversation about that. It's all a bunch of commies using the veil of science to push an agenda that will literally kill people. You will kill people. You cannot, you want, you care about poor people? Give them cheap electricity. Give them cheap electricity. And by the way, <laughs> this is the argument that I hate the most, by the way. I have heard this. I haven't heard it in a while, but I heard it again recently, but I hadn't before that. Well, we better get off of fossil fuels because we're running out. Look, I don't know. I don't know where you took any economics. We will never, ever, 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 ever run out of fossil fuels 
because the last barrel of oil will be too expensive for anyone to buy. That's how, that's how economics works. As we run out of fossil fuels, their price, if you leave the free market alone, by the way, the caveat to that is we'll never do that if there's a free market. If there's not, government could screw up anything. But if you leave it to the free market, the free market won't get rid of fossil fuels. The free market will just slowly jack up the price over time because supply dwindles and dwindles and dwindles and dwindles and dwindles. And eventually, if we're actually running out of fossil fuels, if that's your concern, fossil fuels will eventually start to become too expensive. Government should not subsidize them, which I know does happen sometimes. Eventually, it will become expensive enough that alternate fuel becomes more economical. And your Shangri-La transition to Teslas will happen. But it's not, there is no, you know, it's not like we wake up one day and Saudi Arabia is like, oops, we're out of oil. That, that doesn't happen. That's not how this works. That's not how the free market works. It, also, oil, as it becomes more expensive, more expensive extraction techniques happen. So I, I just, everything they do is about catastrophizing things. And the reason they catastrophize, they catastrophize COVID, they catastrophize the environment. The reason they catastrophize them is to get you to give up your freedoms without an argument, right? Well, the murderers at the front door, stop arguing me about whatever it is. We got to address the murderer. Give me the gun. It's right? to, That's it's what to the argument create, is. yeah, to create this, um, this perceived need for bigger government, for more regulation, more oversight, bigger budgets, more money for them. It's it an grows. emergency. Like you, you've been very good at helping me to see that. That was something I never saw before we started doing this show was just that, that a lot of what government does and a lot of what deep state does, take it back to deep state, is just work on making sure they can secure budgets for themselves Bigger right. budgets, more power, more power, more money. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's pretty simple at the end of the day. Uh, but that was not a rant I was expecting to have today. I wasn't thinking about <laughs> climate change at all. I just... Well... Sorry. We, d we had a ranty day. Today, we, we Carrie and Carter ranted about deep state and climate change. The climate change... You uh, know what? The climate change thing just pisses me off because it it is so... Their reaction is so condescending if you ask one fucking little question, one little, well, what about blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're a science denier. You're a knuckle-dragon science denier. Blah, blah. They, they overreact to the slightest question, um, and it, that drives me insane. And it's got good people afraid to open their mouth and ask any question. They're like, well, I yeah. better shut up because I don't know. I don't really understand exactly every scientific detail, so I better shut the hell up because, wow, they are voracious when <laughs> – if you if you make a peep that they don't like, they will come after you. <sighs> Let's do some super chats because we're way behind probably. It'll, it'll shut me up. <laughs> Cecil Charles, uh, look, did you see that one? We are way behind. Okay, I'm, I'm scrolling through. No, you start because I can't scroll back far enough. All think. right, Cecil Charles gives us 10 bucks. Thank you, Cecil Charles official. And Hi, says, Cecil. My pinned tweet from Friday saying Trump should move to Parler or other exclusively has 1,300 retweets at Cecil Charles. Press Corps would have to move. It would end Twitter. They censor, we leave. Retweet. Yeah, you know what, Cecil, I love that idea. And this was something that I suggested to 
I mean, I suggested it to Trump. If only he would watch the show. Um, I think I suggested this like, I don't know, uh, early on to Trump. I was like, look, well, I, when 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 we were first to start starting to see this Twitter crap, it was like, well, why don't you just go to at the time? I just said Gab because I, I don't think I was on Parler. But it's like, why don't you just go to Gab? If Trump moves, if Trump leaves the platform and goes somewhere else, literally everyone, they all have to follow him. They have to be on those platforms. And then especially if you went to like Gab or something, they couldn't start making the argument that only Nazis are on Gab because they would be on Gab. Like they would, he could totally use, and he doesn't, he doesn't have to use any executive power to do that. That's just a personal preference. Like, eh, I'm not gonna be on Twitter. I'm gonna move to Gab or wherever. Hey, so at the, at the end of his um, super chat, Cecil, Cecil asked us if you're on Twitter to go retweet that. Yes. So you can find him. I just, I just did it for mine and I'm gonna do it from the unsafe space once you yeah, can find it. Yeah, do it from unsafe space and everyone yeah. can find it very easily, yeah. Cool. Um, Rory Marie. Thank you, Rory. Rory says, uh, gives us five bucks and says, wish it was more. Please keep Good doing more. what you're doing. Thank you, Rory. Thanks, Appreciate Rory. It. Every bit helps. So that is helpful. Now I will. Oh, here we go. BW85. <clears throat> BW85 uh, says, the world is backwards when anti-fascists are defending big tech and the social elite's ability to censor the common man. Weird, huh? Yeah, it is weird, although, I mean, yeah, they're just good at naming themselves. They're not actually anti-fascists, right? We, we all know that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. They're very good at naming. They're very good they're, at they're good controlling at language. I Honestly, I don't know if they're very good at it or if they're just very ballsy about it. They're just like, what's the opposite of what we are? Let's name ourselves <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's the exact opposite? Yeah. Again, oh, projection. we're racist. Let's yeah. call us anti-racist. We're fascist. Yeah. Let's call ourselves anti-fascist. That's like, all right. Uh, all right. Columbus, uh, Columbus C. Cynic. Columbus Cynic. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I had trouble pronouncing. Uh, gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Columbus Cynic. And says, the reality, wow. the aggressive left or regressive in the bigger picture. I like that better. Uh, the aggressive left or regressive in the big, bigger picture chooses not to acknowledge or understand is that their rants, accusations, and actions just might create exactly that which they decry. Yeah, that that's a great point, and that's their that's the big fear, right? All these antifa. Actually, let's use the anti-racist stuff, which I'm, I'll put anti-racist in quotes. But the critical race theory rolling out of critical race theory is likely to create actual racists on both sides. I mean. It obviously creates racists on one side because it is racist itself. Yeah. But the response is likely to be you start telling people that you have to view the world in terms of race. Um, well, some people who wouldn't ordinarily have done that are going to start <laughs> viewing the world in terms of race in a way that you don't like, critical theorists. Um, they're going to accept all your premises but choose the other side. Plus, I think there's uh – uh, there is the fear that I, that I have that they are creating the boogeyman they think they're fighting or they claim to be fighting, like they are pushing people towards white nationalism. Um, right. But there's also something, and, th and that's something I don't want to see happen, but there's also something that I do want to see happen. I do want to see people see social justice ideology for the racist evil belief system that it is. And I think that is happening and hopefully and like you're saying in this super chat, and thank you again. That's a, that's a big one. Um, but I think I think what's, I think the one consequence of them ramping it up the way they did four months ago, and putting it everywhere where you can't avoid it, and all of our 
corporations and our social media everywhere now. It's it's in everybody's workplaces and in churches and stuff. I think one ho- consequence of that, hopefully, is that more people are going to have the scales fall from their eyes. And and I continually just to give people some hope. Even yesterday, I was spending time going through my inbox. I, I have a lot of messages. I'm sorry if I haven't replied to any of you yet. Some people, and if if you're watching and wondering, I'm not ignoring you. There's just a lot of them. But I was spending some time writing back to some people and I was getting messages every day. I get messages from liberals and progressives who are waking up, who who realize, hey, wait a minute. This is really concerning. This is not liberalism. This is not progressivism. What is this? You know, and people who are trying to figure it out. And um, I was talking with one woman who said, you know, she feels very alone right now because her whole circle is social justice and she's afraid of saying anything. And I said, you know, you probably have friends in that circle who are like you and who are also afraid. So don't worry. There are others. You're going to start meeting people. And as you slowly get over your fear, you're going to meet you're going to meet liberals and progressives just like you who have woken up to what this really is. And that's one consequence I hope to see from crazy people screaming like that woman is that people stop to question, what is this? Why is this person behaving this way? Why am I seeing more people behaving this way all the time like they're possessed? You know? Yeah. It is like they're possessed. It is like they're possessed. (sighs) All right. Um, Super chat from Jupiter1777. Hey, Jupiter. Carter and Carrie. What are your thoughts about the media bias chart? I try to reference it before I believe any media outlet. Well, just so everyone knows what you're talking about, let's put the media bias chart up. That's the media bias chart. Uh, it shows, allegedly shows political bias for, from on the corporate media on a scale from left to right. Now, based on the scale being from left to right, you can pretty much guess what I think about the chart, because I think that's the wrong scale. <laughs> but uh, I, I also like original. I, this article ratings original fact recording from fabricated information. I, I think I don't know that this scale is correct, but I will say this. I think grabbing stuff from both sides of this chart probably isn't a bad idea if you're just trying to get your info. I don't like the chart, but like, for example, Breitbart, I read Breitbart and Fox News sometimes, right? They're over here, New York Post sometimes, right? Um, I also read MSNBC, CNN, Daily Beast, Mother Jones sometimes. Where's the other one I was looking at? Slate, Um, most of these over here, right? So I, I try and make sure to have to have both. Well, I think, well, first of all, but no, I notice the AP should, is at the apex. So there's yes, a problem. <laughs> this is a problem. I, and I agree with you that you should read things from all across this chart so that because there, there's no way to get unbiased news. You have to read it and you have to use your critical thinking and you have to figure out what discern what's fact from fiction. And a good way to do that is by making sure you're reading stuff from a variety of different perspectives. But it, this chart is skewed. This chart is it needs to be fact-checked because, as you're pointing out, the AP is right there in the center as being neutral. NPR isn't very far from being neutral. Well, look at ABC. ABC is right look there. Look at ABC. <laughs> right. CNN is pretty close to the center. That NPR is, is only slightly left. Yeah, that's bullshit. The AP, let me give you an example. The AP has been putting out social justice ideology 
like in overdrive for the past four months. They've they've said that uh, they don't want journalists using the word riot. Right. That they you know, they it's Orwellian. They're choosing what words they've put out some stuff about gender and sex. That's really social justice and or in 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 origin. Um, I mean, I don't think I have to explain the bias of NPR and CNN and BuzzFeed, especially the Washington Post. Are you kidding me? Right. Those are not in the those are not in the center. But see, this is what this is what people on the left believe. This is what I used to believe. I used to look at this and say, yeah, this is pretty accurate. You got all these things like Breitbart way on the right. If this were real, if this were if this were actually accurate, they would have CNN. It would be off the chart to the left over here. It would be off the chart. It would be even further. It it would be even further to the left than Breitbart is to the right. It would be it would be further to the left than Breitbart is to the right. If they if this were accurate, they would have NPR probably about where Breitbart is on the on the left. Right. And um, actually, even stuff like like Wall Street Journal, I I I don't I think they've actually moved quite a quite a ways left in the last 10 years. I don't know that I would even classify them put it on the right anymore. on the right. It's anymore. maybe more it's more towards the center now. I mean, I, I would. Yeah. I mean, I would say even the Wall Street Journal is a little left. So I, the thing you have to keep in mind about all of these kind of charts, it's the same thing that you have to keep in mind about fact checkers. Um they go in with their own framework and their own narrative and their own viewpoint of things. So if they're coming from a if they're coming from from let's just say they're they're not trying to be biased at all, but they're coming from a an average or a median position based on culture. Where is culture right now? What have they absorbed culturally? They're not coming in. Think of them as not coming in in any kind of thoughtful way, but like, where are they culturally? That's the framework that they're going to use. And, you know, where's culture put people? That's the framework they're okay. going to use to make these decisions, right? And so that framework, when you start to set up framework like that, you can start having questions. You can start even even framing your analysis in ways that bias one or another, just 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 by how you even approach it. This is how, similar to how I was complaining a while ago. I was complaining about those uh, tests that would test what whether you were like libertarian or on the right or whatever, those little charts. And a lot of them would have questions that bothered me because um, they would they would be asking about, they would, oh no, I was thinking about personality tests. The personality test would be asking you like, oh, do you think there should be increased funding for art? And of course, they're trying to see whether I value art in their personality test, not whether I think, Art is the proper in the proper jurisdiction of government, and so my answer would be no. I love art. There should be more funding, but it shouldn't come from the government. So I couldn't really answer the question the way that would actually be reflective of what they're trying to measure. And that's because the person building the psychometric test has an assumption that if I like art, I must therefore want government funding of art, and so that's how they're measuring my like of art. So they come in with they, okay. they come in with frames. Somebody framework. somebody in the chat said, mm-hmm. well, at least the Weather Channel is unbiased. So I just want to give you an update on that. I did a quick search for the Weather <laughs> no, Channel on social justice. You can do a quick search for Weather Channel on social justice. Here's one of the top articles that comes up. This is from Mother Jones, which if you look even at this skewed media bias chart, they they do admit Mother Jones is on the left. Mother Jones, 
why we teamed up with the Weather Channel to bring you a different kind of 2020 climate debate. Okay, that's a headline. Here's a headline from The Hill. Weather Channel to talk environmental justice, in quotes, Environmental justice. See how they see how they put social justice and everything. Environmental justice with 2020 candidates. So I, look, I haven't read these articles yet. I just pulled them up on my phone, but they're definitely starting to. Oh, look at this. Uh, a conversation on social justice in the aftermath of the Taylor verdict. Like they're definitely starting to move into this social justice sphere. There, I'm sure there are people at the Weather Channel who are social justice ideologues. Keep, so keep in it's mind. Kind of funny. Keep in mind that the corporate media, um, and and most people, most of the most of the cathedral, who are the kind of people, the intellectuals, the universities, the corporate media, those are the kind of people who are going to be making these charts. Keep in mind that they are the same people that honestly believe things like, well, the science on climate change is settled. We have to do blah blah blah. The science on masks is settled. We have to do like they they view. They view the mask mandates as the neutral, default, rational, scientific position. And deviation from that in one direction is automatically on the right. It's automatically anti-science. So, uh, in fact, in their chart, that might actually push you down to, like, non-facts because it's not the WHO-approved facts. So the scales of that chart are are not... (sighs) They're in complete control. They're completely dependent on the psychology of the people making that chart. By the way, Daniel Keene in chat said, I was just being facetious oh. <laughs> about the Weather Channel. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't know. But anyway, yeah. Kind I never of watched the Weather, weather Channel. Channel, so I don't know. All right, Sugar Waters. Okay. Thank you, Sugar Waters. Sugar Waters says, I'm sad to say I was kind of crazy like her. Never made a video, but when Trump was elected, but I cried and made a Facebook rant calling him fascist well you weren't the only one but sugar it sounds water. like you've recovered sugar waters look i that resonates with me i was one of those people like you who cried the night he won i called him a, i didn't call him fascist i don't think i called him a demagogue though and i believed a lot of the hyperbole about him and a lot of the outright lies about him so nice to meet you uh <laughs> oh i think carrie just froze up She did. I don't care if, if uh, you're party. Carrie, you froze for it. a moment. After nice to meet you, you froze, but you're back. That was weird. Okay. Steve Rochester says, keep the great conversations coming. The two of you are a bright spot in my week. Well, thank you, Steve. Thanks for the 10 Thanks, box. Steve. And all right. Joseph Sorty. Joseph Sorty says, Robert Reich calling for a government truth and reconciliation commission. I saw this. If Biden wins, its job is to go after politicians, media companies, organizations that supported Trump. SS much? <laughs> yeah. I saw this. I hate Robert Reich anyway. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't hate him personally. Maybe I would. I don't know. But I don't like his anything he says almost ever. Uh, but he uh, I, he did I tweet this out. I do like when he called out Antifa. Did you see this tweet, though, Carrie? No, he's not the only one. There's a few there's a few elitists calling for this now. There's a few blue checkmark types calling for this. They and I think this is pay attention to this because I don't think Biden's going to win. But this is a signal for what they would do if like 
they're letting slip. They might backpedal from this and be like, well, we don't actually mean, like, but they're letting slip their game plan. They do this all the time. They always telegraph what they're going to do, always. So they're saying when we have power, we're going to round up the wrong thinkers. That's what they're saying. So take, like, believe them. Believe them. I don't want you to be surprised. If, if, if the left gets in control, I don't want anyone who's listening right now to be surprised that they try and round up wrong thinkers because they are telling you that's what they want to do. They're telling you that. Mm. They tell you. You just think whatever they're saying is so outrageous that you don't believe it, and that is on you. They are as crazy and demented and Marxist as you could possibly believe. If they say they want to round you up and stick you on boxcars, he didn't say boxcars, but whatever, believe them. That's what they want. He wanted criminal prosecution for people. That's what they want. Believe it. All right, Tatiana Fisk. Thank you, Tatiana. She sends us five bucks and says she's the type that cheers on the murder of millions eventually. She's talking about the video. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one. She's the one that throws the first stone at the public stoning. She's the one that packs a little picnic basket to go watch the hanging, the public hanging. That's who she is. She's the one. Did you see? um, Well, this was in the book, too, but I think it was more. I remember it more from the movie. I don't know why, but in the, in 1984, there was like the excitement over the hangings, over the executions, mm. right? I think I think they played it up a little bit more in the movie than in the book, if I recall. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's part of the it's part of the bread and circuses. It is. You get to it enjoy. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? Helena Black is the next one. You got that one? Uh, go ahead. No. Helena Black says, "Have you come across your own Lanier? If I'm saying that correct." His various interviews and or TED Talks, I would love to see you have him on as a guest. He has a fascinating angle on social media creation and effects. It could be Jerome Lanier. Oh, 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 yes. Jerome. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I don't know him. I kind of know him. He's been in Silicon Valley for a while. He's kind of a quirky guy. He does have a fascinating angle, and I should get him. Jaron, I think, is how you pronounce it. I forget how to pronounce his name. Um He's been around Silicon Valley for a while, and it's kind of a – he's a little quirky. He's a little quirky. But what I like about him is he doesn't give a crap that he's viewed as quirky, and he says what he thinks is true and sticks to his guns, and uh, and he does have a lot of really interesting and insightful things to say about social media. I'm going to write – sorry, Carrie. I'm going to just write this down really quickly because I'll forget. Actually, I can, you know what? We have Beverly. Beverly, please take a note of that. I don't have to write it down. Look at that. Woohoo. Yeah, take a note. Of, take a note of that, so I don't forget. <laughs> okay, I'm forgetting. I'm not. I'm. I. We have help now. Okay. Scrolling. Okay, and the next one is Keith the Hat Guy. Keith the Hat Guy says the CIA designed and released the phrase "the deep state" to make people think the deep state doesn't exist by making it sound like a conspiracy theory. I didn't know that. I don't know if Keith is joking or if that's true. I didn't know that. I do know they are. They are responsible for conspiracy theory. Uh so I guess it would make sense. They're also responsible for deep state because it's used similarly and has, uh, you know, it's a, a similar ostracizing effect uh, when people use it. So, all right. Mandy. Mandy. Yeah. So 
You got I'll hers? do some of them now. Mandy says, Carrie's daily Russian lesson, lesson, shut up. And then she says, the English pronunciation is Molshi. Press your tongue to the top of the mouth to say Molshi. Good job. Thank you, Mandy. I'm starting to realize Mandy must be Russian because she loves the um, people who accuse me of being a Russian bot. And she's always giving us Russian lessons. <laughs> I think we need Russian lessons, Mandy, because if we're going to be good Russian bots, uh, we need to speak Russian. Yeah. Russians, if I had like infinite time, not infinite, if I had more time, Russian, I, Russian would be fun to know. You could read Dostoevsky in the original Russian. You could like, there's a lot of good, like interesting stuff in Russian. Plus you could, I don't know, one, go party. One, with one bat of doom. Russians, go Sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, Five dollars. Thank you, Wombat. She says, excellent car rant. Open up the pearly gates. Well, there ain't no time to wonder why. Whoopee, we're all going to die. I don't know if that's a song or not. It sounds like Thank a song. Thank you. Sounds Marie like Busky. Thank you, Marie. Marie just gives us five bucks New Zealand and says swear jar from Carter's dwindling chocolate fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And I then, swore a lot today, Marie. And then Let Freedom Ring America. Thank you, Let Freedom Ring, says Carter's rant should be on pay-per-view. I would watch. Well, you are paying when he's ranting. <laughs> <laughs> so you're making it happen. I was going to say, you supplied this tie, actually, today. So... Uh, you're, you're paying pay-per-view in, in wardrobe. And then B. Allen, B. Allen says, I'm glad Carter survived Y2K. <laughs> Wait, actually, <laughs> so I wasn't like a go in the basement, like build a bunker Y2K person, but I was prepared that night and like I had weapons in a bug out bag and like I went somewhere to a party um, but my car was all ready to just like jump in and leave, uh, if necessary. It turned out it was fine, but I admit I was, I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous. I'm not super nervous. Are you want to do the next one? What's the next one? Ian Burns. No, you got it. So it says, get Michael Schellenberger on. He literally wrote a book supporting your arguments. Yeah. I've read a few different books in like 20, 30 years ago, the Schellenberger one, I think is sitting on my bookshelf somewhere. I don't, it's somewhere. I should read it and then we'll get him on. I do, I do plan to get him on. Uh, I need to read his book first because I don't, I don't like interviewing people who just wrote a book, but not having read it. Richard Petz, Richard Petz gives us five bucks and says, we looked out the window. Ah, the climate's changing again. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right. They've, they've, it's, it's literally everything now. It's like a hurricanes. It's because of climate change. This is everything's because of climate change. Now the climate change is the, is the euphemism for the weather changes. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Chip chairman. Chip says, love the show. Love the Carter rant. Where's our Carrie rant? She ranted a little bit earlier. She'll rant again. Carrie rants are around the corner. Don't you worry. Let's see. Do you see the next one, Carrie, or am I? Are you? Uh, the next one I see is is Kent. So when you get to Kent, I'll start doing them. Okay. Uh, I'm at Kent. Go. Kent says the most accurate measure of media bias is what sources do, what sources they do and do not report. How they report stories is secondary to the exclusion of current stories. Yeah, it, uh, what they do and do report, and also what do they link to in terms of source material? Like, do they actually let you see what it is telling you about, or do they obscure that? Do they obfuscate that? Um, Chris. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. No, no, I, I, I disagree. Cur- and and uh, not only check if they get you sources or give you sources, but also notice that a lot of this stuff, a lot of the people providing cover fire for Biden right now, a lot of the media outlets, they're literally the same people that are like an anonymous source told us blah blah blah. We're running with it as a headline. Like they've been doing that for years. Whenever, whenever it's an anonymous source, uh, it they never question their own anonymous sources. But when it's someone else with something, even if it's not anonymous, it's immediately dubious and suspect. So uh, go ahead with Chris. Chris says uh, parlor sensors check our Twitter feed for a thread. I wasn't aware of that, but uh, Chris does some Twitter stuff for us. It helps us out with our unsafe space Twitter. So go check out whatever it is he just tweeted. And I'll have to check it out too. Richard Pets, Richard, thank you, Richard. He says, here's five bucks for your sign, Carter. <laughs> and you know what? You know why I was thinking self- of that word? Sorry, can I just Fine. say that word? Yeah. I loved, I used to love the X Files, speaking of the deep state. And one of the, you know, it would say the truth is out there. But one of the shows, at least one of the shows, it said deceive and vagal obfuscate. So those three words are always in my brain. Whenever I think about deep state stuff, I think about those three words. Okay. Today, self-defense law says it's snowing in Minnesota. Smile my face. That is maybe my favorite super chat today. That makes me happy. I wish it. I wish we had snow here. Um, Snow in Austin. I don't see any more. You know, oh, Tweet Girl says the Trudeau liberal government, liberal in quotes, I like that, is building quarantine isolation sites, also in quotes, for COVID-19 and sent a, a letter of interest to the private sector for services. Wow. I had not heard this. Quarantine isolation sites. I will yeah. have to look that up. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, I mean it doesn't surprise me, I guess. It's a little black mirror <laughs> to me yeah i, I mean look know. we were we were talking about the social media stuff before i mean you can see a modern day example of government control just go to china yeah like you know the the what modern technology allows is it, it makes it harder to control counter narratives because they can pop up more easily and get shared but for the mainstream stuff, um, you have an awful lot of control and you can see what people are doing with it. So you can like tailor your control really effectively. So, um, yeah. All right. I think uh, we made it through says, Chats, right? This is just because I wrote about this recently and I'll just answer it. It sure. looks like a new person in chat says former SJW will vote Trump. Why? Well, um, really simply – because I'm no longer an SJW. I, former is the important word there, I think. Um, and when I left my old belief system, like what I realized about it was that it it teaches you that it's about ending racism and sexism, but it's not. It's about pushing racism and sexism. It's collectivist. It teaches you that the, the best way to behave in the world is as if we are all in a struggle for power between identity groups. And that we should judge and treat people differently based on what race and sex we all are. And that that's how you end racism and sexism. It's it's not. You don't end collectivism with collectivism. You don't end racism with racism. And the I often call it evil, as people watch the show know. I call it evil not just because it's racist and sexist, but because it 
is really good at taking well-intentioned people and turning them into mouthpieces for it. And I think that's an extra step of, of immorality. Talking, Speaking of that book, Ordinary Men, and how do you get average people to participate in great evil? Well, part of the way you do that is by convincing them of the, the, the good, the just ends. You convince them that it's something good. You have to get people to think it's something good to push it. So why am I voting for Trump? Because, because I oppose social justice ideology and social justice ideology, my old ideology, has eaten up the Democratic Party. Is Trump stuff much worse? No, I don't think it is. Trump stuff, Trump is not supporting racist, sexist collectivism. He's the he's the most liberal candidate running, and I, I have to vote for a liberal. I have to vote for someone who supports treating people as individuals, who supports individualism. Yeah. I have to I have to vote for someone who supports free free speech, who's against censorship. And I have to vote for someone personally. I'm also pretty anti-war. I'm anti-interventionist. And, you know, he is compared to Joe Biden. He's the most interventionist candidate. No new wars under Trump. You know, he, is he perfect in that area? No, I don't think we should have gone to Syria. But it's much better than it's much better than what we had under Obama who I voted for twice and then sat back and didn't pay attention to all the wars, to the drone strikes, you know, like I, I, I'm voting for Trump because he is, in my opinion, he's not a Republican or a Democrat. He's anti-establishment. And he's a, he's a, um, I don't know, like he's, he's sort of, Carter calls him a bull in a China shop sometimes, but he's definitely someone that the establishment hates that the media hates, that the deep state hates because they don't have as much control over him as they do over the typical Democrats and Republicans that get elected. So I'm voting for him because he's the most liberal option. And Joe Jorgensen, oh my gosh, somebody, I wanted to like the libertarian candidate. I wanted to like her, but she started speaking social justice as well. And if you're a person who views social justice as the greatest existential threat currently facing our country, which I do, I view it as that. I think it, it, it threatens to undermine our very civilization because it, it is opposed to everything we were founded on. It's opposed to individualism. It's opposed to equality. It's opposed to free speech. It supports violence. So I have to vote against that. There you go. That's why. I think a lot of people are just turned off by Trump's bluster. And, I get it. And, you know, yeah, and I get that too. But Alan Conrad says he's a bull in the cathedral. That is a better analogy, Alan Conrad. That's what he <laughs> is, right? And that the, the yeah. only reason that I, I don't actually think his policies are much different than they're not a that '90s different. Democrat. I mean, he, he's not. No, they're not different not really at all different. from a '90s um, Democrat. He's, he's removing some regulations, which is nice at a faster pace. So that's good. But other than that, I mean, the kids in the cages crap. I mean, Obama built the cages. I mean, he's not. You know. I get that we've moved so far left as a culture that the idea that people need to not come in the country illegally is somehow crazy and rightist, but, uh, you know, it's not, I don't actually think policy-wise he's that crazy. He's not that different than, than, than he's not Bill different. Clinton. It's just, you can go, you can even listen to, um, Obama speeches that were very similar to Trump's when it came to policy yeah. positions on yeah. immigration things like yeah. that, you know, uh, he's not that different. You're right. But culturally he's, uh, he's fighting the culture war in a way that needs to be fought, I think. And, you know, could he be and, more eloquent? And, 
absolutely. Could he be more effective? Yeah. I don't know. He's pretty, they hate him a lot, so he must be pretty effective. I mean, and, and I actually like. Lev, the person who asked, said thank you for answering. Yeah. One other quick thing is if you're new to our show, Carter and I agree on – we disagree on a lot and we agree on a lot. One of the things we both agree on is that this is a cultural problem. Ideology um, being adopted en masse, any ideology, but especially this one, this is a cultural thing. It, it started – I was indoctrinated over 20 years ago at college, but it, it's in academia, but it's even in public schools now. It's in some churches. It's, it's a cultural thing, and I don't think – I'm not one of these people who thinks – Carter, I don't believe that you can solve cultural problems with politics. Not generally. But I don't think it hurts to vote for the politician who is pushing back against this cultural problem. It, it, right. At least I hope it doesn't hurt to vote for him. Part sometimes I wonder if it might provoke an even greater, um, well, you know, throwdown from social justice by getting him reelected. But I don't know. I would say, look, in, in when I I voted for Trump in 2016, not really voting generally, but I voted for him because I was I I really couldn't stand Hillary, and I like that he was fighting the cultural war. Um, now, uh, I actually. I've been underwhelmed by his performance, frankly. Uh, but the threat from the other side is much more uh, existential. Hillary was just, I viewed Hillary as just another corrupt deep state politician who, you know, part of a cartel doing evil things because that's what they do. Um, Biden is a Trojan horse because he's a Trojan horse for social justice ideology through Kamala. And so I don't think Biden's in control of his own campaign and what he's doing. So I see yeah. Biden as literally voting for social justice. I think I think Biden will bring social justice ideologues will ride Biden's coattails. If you want to see AOC in the Oval Office, the path starts with someone like Biden. It starts with Biden letting letting that ideology ideology in through a back door, possibly through his VP, and uh, warming people up to it, and then moving to someone more over later. So that's you know that's what it is. And you know, someone points out Trump. You know, someone says they're impressed with his performance in the face of impeachment and constant bias by the media. I do yes. think there has been a yeah. It is hard to measure his performance objectively because. Uh, he has been in, under at, for this entire time, for his entire first term, he's been under constant attack from the deep state. And I, that's not a very efficient way to govern. So, um, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I, that's the other thing is, is there are a couple things he said that I really appreciate. I appreciated his executive action against critical race theory, indoctrination, being in our federally funded our taxpayer funded government labs that was huge for me um i really appreciate the fact that he calls the legacy media fake news i know they hate it but he is right he is right as carter said earlier in this episode they are doing the opposite of of what the pre what a good press should do what journalism should do journalism should be in search of the truth they are doing the opposite they are obfuscating the truth and they are pushing propaganda and they're engaging in mass manipulation of their own people 
of the American people. Yep. And and he's willing to admit that. I, I would much rather have someone like him who is living in reality who I disagree with on some policy positions than to have a party that is no, that is not living in reality and is actively working with the legacy media and big social to try and sell me a false reality to try and sell me on, Oh, you live in the matrix. I don't, I don't, right. I don't live in the matrix anymore. Um, yeah, I, uh, I thank you for that question for, I know we have a lot of new people. Maybe they don't know Yeah, my background or whatever. So, uh, somebody, we had a new super chat from Jason. Jason's says what woke. Okay. Go but ahead and read it. I'll he, find this it. This is funny. He says, what woke newspeak w- word do you think that they might use to make gulag sound fluffier and nicer? I think accountability space might be <laughs> one contender. That's hilarious. Accountability space. Um, this is just my funny answer to that is I like I'm a, I'm a fan of emotional labor camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Emotional labor camp. I'm just that can't be topped. I'm going to leave that one right there. That's good. <laughs> but accountability space is actually probably more realistic about what they would call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they would call well, it the exact opposite of yeah, what I was going to say. Is, they're just going to call it the exact opposite. Like it'll be like a freedom center or something. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like it'll, it'll be something exactly the opposite. Definitely no fascism right. going on here. Center. Yeah. It'll be like some some kind of. Yeah. Oh, I Richard was watching. Pets. Oh, the, should we do? Sorry, I was going to uh, do another Richard cheap Pets. show. Go ahead. Go ahead. Richard Pets says, uh, I might not agree with everything Trump says, but with him, what you see is what you get. And I trust that more than just saying the right things. I wish we had someone like him here in Canada. Yeah, I think there's a, a part of him that's very like Bernie. I voted for Bernie. People that watch the show know I voted for Bernie in 2016. And Carter and I disagree on a lot about Bernie. And one of the things I like about Bernie is I think he was very authentic. Now he started speaking woke too. And that's why I couldn't vote for him in the primaries this year. I voted for Tulsi, um, who was one of the only Democrats I saw not speaking social justice. And Bernie started doing it for some reason after 2016, but I voted for him then. And I think Trump at first, I couldn't understand people that liked Bernie and Trump. I, I didn't understand it. Like I had some conservative family members who liked both of them and it shocked me. And I know there were some people on the left who liked both of them. And I think what they like about each of them is they viewed each of them as authentic and as part um, a populist and not part of the corrupt duopoly, like not part of not a not a not really a Democrat or a Republican, but something else. You know, I never understood that viewpoint of Bernie considering his career. But I hear what you're saying. But I just never understood yeah. that viewpoint of Bernie. Um, right. But yeah. Angie, Angie B gives us a super chat and says, I'm with Carter on climate. I'm 47 and I remember alarmism in the early 80s. By my teen years, I could tell the predictions were crap and I've felt that way ever since. Yeah, Angie, I'm with you. I grew up in the 80s. And when I say I read climate books 30 years ago, <laughs> I mean 30 years ago. It was like in my teens probably. Um, I don't think I have. I think an old one called Environmental Overkill or something that I remember reading. But uh, yeah, um, they've been they've been saying this the entire time. The argument's been the same the entire time. It's been alarmist and uh, catastrophizing the entire time, and they've never they've never framed it in the proper 
uh, you know, human-centric framework to have the discussion. And I know some people are, have, I know some people have said that uh, there's this, there's been this push to kind of do a, I think the World Economic Forum has talked about like the, uh, like a big reset to hit the reset button. And there, there is a push for like globally, there is a push to kind of massively change. There has been a push for a while to massively change how, um, world government works and i think climate change i think climate change is on was on the agenda because uh, you've got to scare people enough and make a catastrophe and i think covid is now they're looking at covid going oh maybe this can be the thing right um this can be the thing that we can do uh someone says in the 70s they warned us we're gonna have an ice age i remember reading about that and it was like yeah uh it was all about an ice age in the 70s but uh Let's do, can we do, I just want to, I, can I just, I want to talk a little bit more. I want to share some, some, uh, stories about this media, sh um, providing cover for Hunter because some of the stuff that happened this weekend, you know, looking at stories this weekend, I was, um, I was really fascinated at how much the mainstream media was willing to go to bat to protect us from believing anything about the emails <laughs> uh, and really trying to protect Hunter, Hunter Biden slash Joe Biden. So let's, let me, let me pull this up. Let me just show you, I'm going to show you a couple stories. First, let's just take a look at, for context, let's take a look at China because this is all, this also kind of came out. Um, people started talking about this over the weekend. I don't know if you noticed this, but there, there, the hard drive, Contain emails about a, what looks like some sort of joint venture with CEFC, which was a China energy company, which is not dead. Um, and the proposal was to have Hunter Biden be maybe some a chair or a vice chair. And they talked about dividing up equity. They're saying here's what the salaries would be. I guess 850, presumably K, Hunter would get here. Um, but then they talked about how the equity would be provided. And this is the interesting part to me. 20% to Hunter. 10% held by Hunter for the big guy. Uh, who in Hunter's life might he hold shares for that would be referred to as a big guy? I guess I guess it's a stretch to suggest it might be his dad, Joe Biden, who was vice president of the United States. Now, so, <laughs> something you have to understand here. Look, Companies do this crap. There is always a lot of nepotism and who you know crap going on in business. I don't like it, but it's not illegal. There's a lot of that stuff going on. However, when you deal with China, and I don't know that everyone understands this, they because probably not a lot of people have done any international business, uh, any large company in China is not, you're not dealing with just the company. It is the government. There's there's Communist Party members who have appointee appointments at the company by mandate, like they must. Um, the the line between private business and government entity in China becomes blurry and then non-existent. Basically, the larger a company gets, so this is it's not like it's not like a, this is happening like oh hunter was in some other country and there was a private company and he was going to set something up with this energy company there and his dad was going to get shot, stock which is weird enough given that his dad was vice president at the time and 
maybe having negotiations with and, and talking to that com- that country's heads of state. In fact, Joe Biden brags about how much time he spent with Xi. Uh, so, you know, I know I've spent as much time with Xi as I have. We had dinner with Xi m- multiple times, just the two of us, except and an interpreter. I mean, Biden's been bragging about his relationship with Xi. So here's Hunter in China setting up a business deal with a Chinese energy company, which by definition is a part, at least partly state run and owned company. That's how they work. Uh, and, and funded by the way, China government loves to fund large corporations. Um, and not only is he personally going to get 20% of the shares, but there's a proposal. Now, look, this is just a proposal. This isn't a smoking gun. Like we don't know that this happened. Maybe, maybe someone wrote back and said, this is completely unethical. How dare you suggest? I don't know. Uh, but we've got this 10% held by Hunter for his dad. That's, that's not, that's not nothing. It's not, don't bother investigating fake news. That's a real story that a real journalist might try and look through. So let's see what real journalists are saying about this. (laughs) Real journalists. Real journalists like the people at CNN. Here we go. Would uh, you like to see the people? Ha, at we CNN? can't say that with a straight face. Real I, journalists like at CNN. Like the people at CNN. Here, here's what they say. U.S. authorities investigating if, oh, sorry, wrong one. Where's my, oh, here it is. CNN business. Ah, <laughs> uh, look at that. We've got our favorite, favorite guy, his face right there. Okay. The anatomy of the New York Post's dubious Hunter Biden story. Oh, oh, right in the headline, they're telling us what to think about it. That's nice. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to make the judgment myself whether I was doubting it. Thank you for telling me it is doubtful objectively, CNN. Let's see. Last week, the New York Post published a dubious story about Hunter Biden, the son of Democratic presidential nominee and former uh-huh. Vice President Joe Biden. Oh, okay. So the lead here is basically let's throw some stank on the New York Post. Then they're dubious and by the stories. Way, again. How are you, if you're on the left and you're ensconced in this echo chamber of propaganda like I used to be, doesn't it at least give you pause that they're telling you what to think, not just in the article, but in the headline too? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it make make you stop for a second and question why they're doing that? Okay, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> it might. I guess not. The Post story claims Hunter Biden. It's by the way, it's not the story that claims the post story referred to a hard drive full of evidence, including emails that show that Hunter Biden, blah, 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 blah. That's how you might report this. Uh, You might say alleged emails, but you wouldn't just say the story claimed. That just makes it sound like they're doing reporting like you do and just make shit up. But that's not what they're doing. They were referencing actual an actual hard drive and emails that they received. Okay. Um, helped arrange a meeting, blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. Okay. As CNN's, CNN's media chief correspondent, Brian Stetler. Oh, Brian's going to comment because Brian knows. He shared on reliable sources. We are not talking about fully reliable sources here, referring to the <laughs> Coast story. Oh, so there's some shade. You know what? I don't see uh, actual arguments. I, I see a lot of shade so, so far. Not fully reliable, like what, like you, like Brian Stelter <laughs> right. at CNN? The closest thing they have to an argument is the stories, con- the series of stories contained hacked materials and personal email addresses. 
but that's not an argument against the veracity of them. This is really just cover for Twitter. So Twitter initially prevented people from posting, oh yes, Twitter, completely above board. Twitter did a very rational thing and prevented them, just like Twitter always does with anything that might have hacked materials, uh, just like they did with uh, the Steele dossier or Trump's taxes. They, Of course, they prevented people from seeing it. Look how upstanding Twitter is. So they're providing a little cover. This is their throw, their bone to Twitter. Okay. So Brian tells us, hey, these aren't reliable sources. So, so far, how many paragraphs? We're third paragraph in, no actual information. Yet the story behind the story is a familiar one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, here we go. Are we going to resurrect Marussia? Let's see. Let's see if Marussia is to blame. <laughs> the Post said it was tipped off to the story by a former Trump administration staffer and former head of Breitbart, Steve Bannon. Oh, well, there's a genetic fallacy involved, so let's keep reading. A hard drive containing the emails was supplied by former New York mayor and Trump, uh, Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani, according to the Post. Giuliani, incidentally, has openly coordinated with a known Russian agent to promote disinformation about the Bidens. Oh, wow. Oh, so now wow. we have some more genetic fallacy. Excellent. A former producer wow. for Sean Hannity's Fox News show co-wrote some of the stories. Oh, another genetic fallacy. <laughs> wow, you're like, you guys over at CNN are literal eugenicists. Uh, Giuliani then went on Fox News to discuss the story, and Donald Trump has been tweeting and discussing it for days. CNN hasn't been able to authenticate the emails, and the New York Post declined to comment. Yeah, because you guys are not doing real reporting. They told you to fuck off because you're a bunch of hacks. You haven't been able to authenticate the emails. Yeah, well. Well, until you can authenticate them, Brian. All right. Quote, this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine, Stetler said. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't know the right-wing media machine was a classic anything, but apparently this is a classic example of it. It's oh. a thing. Um, so actual projecting. Again, they haven't. They haven't done, they're projecting because they are a le currently a left-wing media machine. But honestly, CNN's also, it's not just left-wing. They're basically a war pushing, anything that sells. They push, they push the Iraq war on us too. And they were totally supporting Bush and mm -hmm. Cheney and all that stuff. You know, they, it, it's whatever is going to sell at the time. But currently, kind of yeah. Like, they're kind of like this. Uh, they want you to yeah. stay mad and stay tuned. That is that what you mean, Carrie? Kind of like that? Yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. All right. Okay, here we go. This story is a manufactured scandal, Stetler said. She's literally reporting on Stetler's opinion. Just, this, is the, this is CNN business. Hey, Alexis, do some fucking reporting, bitch. She's reporting hey, on his... This, hey, uh, hey, I'm sorry. I called hey, her a bitch. I know. Hey. God. Hey. You have a platform. You have a platform for people. This is your reporting? What, genetic fallacy, genetic fallacy, genetic fallacy, Brian Stetler said? That's your story? That's your anatomy? Anatomy of the New York Post Hunter Biden story. Okay. God. All right. Um, the strategy to deflect attention back to the opponent. So, okay. Um, Benkler noted, I'm sorry, they now talked to a Harvard dude. Uh, Benkler noted that when Hillary Clinton's emails... Uh, and the FBI investigation into her handling of classified information that ultimately led to recommended uh, no charges, Clinton's foundation became the subject of right-wing media talking points. So what they're saying is, just like Hillary's emails, you shouldn't have looked at and were bullcrap. The right-wing media is trying for the same strategy again as election day grows closer. So here's their argument. 
Hillary Clinton did, she committed so many crimes, I cannot count them. I would have been, okay, Keith the Hack Guy in chat can back me up on this. You and I, Keith, we would have been fired and very likely jailed if we did one-tenth of what Hillary did with her emails. We had government clearances. If we did a tiny bit of that, our asses would have been grass. We would have been in jail. You do not do that. She set up a server in her bathroom, in her house. She had official emails going to a server that she controlled. To this day, to this day, her employer, the United States government, i.e. you, do not have access to emails that went back and forth to the, the Secretary of State because she controlled the server. What she did is hands down, hands down a criminal offense. The fact that the FBI wiped their hands of it and said, don't worry about it, does not exonerate her. However, CNN's now using that exoneration to say, this is just a tactic from the right, trying to make a big deal. It's a, a mount, they're trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. I, nothing pisses me off more than Hillary. Sorry, I, that, that whole situation. Okay, so let's go on. So they're trying to do the same thing. And here is this, here's the smoking gun, Carrie. Here's how you, here's, this is how they do their anatomy and they're investigating. Alexis, here's your, here's your chance. <laughs> this is your, your big, heavy guns are coming in, Alexis. Here you go. What's your big smoking gun? I asked the Biden campaign and they said no. <laughs> Yay, Alexis. You're so smart, sweetheart. What a great reporter you are. You called Biden. The details of the story have been denied by a credible former Biden staffer in the Biden campaign. Oh, got it. Okay, this is good like, job. Uh, good me, job. Reminds me, wait, this reminds me of in Hoaxed when Cernovich shows how when he went on 60 Minutes and they were trying, they went, of course, they had an angle and they were trying to do a hit piece on him and he went and he recorded all of it himself. But they, they said, you know, during the election, you, you spread conspiracy theories that when Hillary Clinton fainted, you know, that, that it wasn't, um, that it wasn't because she had the flu. It was because she had some other, you know, medical issue. You were, you were spreading things you couldn't know to be true. And, and then, and then sort of asked him, well, what did you, you know, what did, who did you talk to, to, to verify that she had <laughs> yeah. the flu? And, and they actually said 60 minutes guy actually said, well, the Clinton campaign, they, they told she had the flu. It's like, why? Why would you <laughs> right. trust the Clinton campaign? Right. Why? Right. So you're, so this whole you're thing. Journal, you're supposed to be a journalist. Right. So Alexis's idea of debunking this, by the way, now that this story has been in CNN, everyone else is going to say, well, it's been debunked. It's been debunked. Yeah. CNN debunked it because Alexis <laughs> cited a credible anonymous former staffer. Anonymous. Who claims that the meeting didn't have a staffer for Biden? I, I, they used to be. The media has gotten a lot worse with this. Um, they used to like that that whole hit piece they did on Trump that they repeated everywhere ad nauseum about how he called 
troops, suckers, and losers. I finally looked into that. There wasn't one named source, not one. And they used to be better about, um, yeah, they would pr- pr- protect anonymity if there was real cause for needing that protection. Now they just let, now they, they use that. They use that as an excuse to run anything, any gossip, anything that's not credible they want to run. They just say anonymous source. It's, they just it's, say anonymous source. And yeah. This is pathetic. This whole story is pathetic. And the last little bit I'm going to show you, it's the last half of that sentence, and it's important because we're going to show you they're, they're bringing back their favorite. And U.S. authorities are investigating whether the emails are part of an ongoing Russia disinformation effort. So now their whole narrative – oh, by the way, uh, around that, I just want to say something here. Um Let's see. Hold on. Where is it? I know I'm clicking around here. I got to show you the. Where is it? I can't find it. But um, the director of national intelligence has said that's not. Uh, they they don't think there's any evidence that this is that Russia's involved in this. But what they're going to do now is they're going to parade around Russia. They're going to say, and and now and you can hear this from the mainstream media. There's a massive Russian disinformation campaign. They are obsessed with Russian disinformation in quote election interference. Um, and you know what? Maybe Russia is, maybe Russia has a, a candidate. By the way, someone said no more coffee this afternoon. I didn't have any coffee. Uh, I worked out this morning though. So I'm like, usually I work out in the that's afternoons. Like I worked out before natural, the show. That's natural adrenaline. Yeah. You worked out. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody, somebody <laughs> said Rachel Maddow is the anonymous source. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And also this is not a super chat, but Owen said, which is, this is absolutely what they do. Owen May says, do you think your establishment is a crook? Well, listen to how the establishment tells you it's not a crook. <laughs> exactly. I just... <laughs> Charles Manson said he wasn't involved in the law- in the murder. Oh. Well, we asked Charles Manson and he said he didn't do it. Yeah. It, 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 he didn't write it in his calendar that day. Case he didn't closed. have murder written in his calendar. All right. Our job's done. We're reporters. Give us a cookie. <laughs> God, I just, I, I don't, how do these people take themselves seriously? How do you get up in the morning? I mean, I'm ridiculous. I don't take myself seriously sometimes. And I get up in the morning and look at myself and I'm like, okay, you're ridiculous. But at least I'm trying to be serious. I'm trying to like make the world a better place. I don't know how this person gets up in the morning and like looks herself in the mirror and she's like, I'm a reporter. <laughs> I do reporting. (laughs) It's like the fact checkers that Jimmy Dore did a video where he pointed out one of these fact checkers at Snopes uh, who was was telling these outright lies. Again, manipulation, mass manipulation of people. And Snopes is fully on board now. And he looked at one of Snopes, quote unquote, fact checkers. And she's this millennial who just graduated. And he's and he's like, how do you become a fact checker? Well, I put it in my bio on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> like, who, who do you how do you get to become a fact checker well you just put you it lie in bio. <laughs> you start by lying in your bio on twitter that's how you become a fact checker obviously a fact checker. <laughs> <laughs> look at me I I should put it in my, we should just put it in our bios that we're we should just put in the unsafe space twitter fact checking organization <laughs> yeah. fact checker <sighs> <laughs> We've, I think we're better at it than they are. Fact checker. Okay. I'm going to put fact checker slash anonymous source. 
Anonymous. Um, <laughs> we we will be your anonymous source and your fact checker. We'll put it in our all in one. Yeah, that's us. our new that's our new business. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta stop what we're doing. We're gonna switch to that business. We will. Uh, you can also hire us to teach your your workplace mandated diversity, inclusion, and equity training. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Um, I do want to let you know, though. I want to let you know what's going to happen in the next few weeks because we are coming up on an election. Uh, okay. They're going to run with this, so they're going to do a couple things because this. I I think this hard drive stuff. I don't I don't know whether there's anything that was actually bad here, but there's a lot of evidence that should be talked about and investigated. And obviously, the timing is suspect in the sense that when it came out. But you know, of course, Giuliani waited for now to come out. That doesn't mean it's not true. Um, so. What they're going to do is they're going to run a lot of cover. So they're going to try and uh, debunk all this stuff. They're going to have articles like this. And then those articles are going to be cited as having debunked something. And then they're going to start using the word the debunked. Uh, they already use the word debunked stuff talking about uh, Joe Biden's Ukraine stuff and China dealings. So the Ukraine and China stuff, they're going to start talking about it as a debunked. And then they're going to start running um, uh, cover by trying to distract you with Trump stuff and the latest pathetic attempt at this. I just I love this attempt because it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. The Intercept writes this story. China's man in Washington. Move over, Hunter Biden. Meet Eric Brandstad, the China ambassador's son who got rich in Trump's swamp. I, I didn't even read this whole story. It's I, I read parts of it. It's kind of a tenuous argument, but ignore the story for just a second. Just look at the subject. Trump has an ambassador to China and that ambassador's son. That's, that's, the, that's the guy that's more important than the potential president's son that we're talking about. They, they looked into Trump's team and found someone related to someone on Trump's team who may have made some money related to China. I don't know what this, I don't know if this guy did or not, but this, this just shows you how weak and desperate they are. They want to make this, this is a huge, look at this article. They got this little, the China connection, blah, blah, blah. look at how complicated, here he is over here. Blah, blah, blah. They've got this whole thing this whole article, look at this. This is all to, to this is all so that you will on Twitter or Facebook say to your friends, well, Trump is the corrupt one when it comes to China because his <laughs> people are making money. Because his China ambassador's <laughs> son made some money through some fucking convoluted connection scheme over here, which you didn't even read the whole article. Let's be honest. You just saw the headline and you tweeted it. That's what they want. You saw that, oh, this is a substantial article with many words and graphs and, and Trump is involved. That This is the kind of crap that we're going to gonna start seeing more of. Yeah, I just wanted to point that to out. Read this. I, I like the intercept sometimes, so I do want to see what, what they're pushing here. Look, it may be true, um, by the way. All that stuff, this, this story may be totally correct. It's just... Painting this as a move over Hunter Biden story is right. a reach. <laughs> it's a reach. It's way less relevant to the presidential election. Okay. I have to take a little quick break. I know you're going to do some super chats. I'll be right back. Yeah, we can we can end the show, though, soon, Carrie. I know it's late. We'll okay. end the show. But I'll I have do some to go super chats while you're quick break. Okay. doing the thing that no one will say. Okay. Well, when I say it, you say TMI. Mm -mm. I'll be right back. Just shush. 
I think we only have one super chat anyway. And I think it's from Keith the Hat Guy. Keith the Hat Guy says, Confirm what Hillary did, if not an exempt elite, would result in loss of clearance, jail, never work in government tech again. It got a yearly reminder training. Yeah, I forgot about the yearly reminder training, right? Anyone who's had a clearance knows this. Anyone who's had a clearance um, knows that regardless of what you like about Hillary's politics or don't like about her politics, her behavior with respect to classified information was uh, illegal, unconscionable, and uh, reason, reason to question why the hell the FBI said, let's not prosecute. Uh, it's rules for thee, rules for me and rules for thee. Uh, while Carrie is in an undisclosed room in her house, uh, I, I do want to, I'll, I'll, I'll just do one thing. We can end, I guess. Um, the election's coming up. And if you live in a major city like I am, like I do, uh, you may want to consider the, you may want to consider that rioting could get, I mean, I hope it won't go crazy, but it could, um, you may want to consider that. And now's a good time to just do a, um, security inventory, get stuff ready. Um, I've done a couple things recently. So yesterday I finished wiring up a mega, this sounds weird, but I have a, my house is, sits back from the road quite a distance and I didn't want to be in the situation that the McCluskey's were where you have to step outside and expose yourself with a firearm in order to, um, try and, uh, convince a mob to leave. Right. So I put, I have a megaphone mounted under my porch and, um, and I've got a microphone inside and I can turn it on from inside, uh, behind cover and I can yell at people on the street if I need to. And that sounds like a little bit crazy, but it's pretty cheap to do. Um, so I thought of that. The other thing, uh, the other thing I did this, actually I did this this morning was I realized, look, I've got a shotgun in my room and it's been sitting there. Um, and um, I thought, okay, I, it's been a while since I practiced. What am I going to do with the shotgun that's sitting there? And so I went through, okay, I wake up. Here's where it sits. What do I do? And I, um, if you have snap caps, snap caps are great. There's a little, they're shells for a shotgun that, I mean, they have for other weapons as well, but shells for a shotgun that uh, are take the place of, of shotgun shells but aren't, aren't live. And, um you know, take all your ammo out of the room that you're going to be practicing in. But I practiced and I, and I realized, oh, actually I had to change something that I was doing and how I planned to pick it up and communicate and move and do the next thing. And what was the most efficient way to move and do this? It didn't take that long to go through and practice and kind of fix my, uh, my process. But had I not thought about it and prepared, I would have probably fumbled around in a way that I didn't need to. So, um, I do think, I do think as the election is coming up, if you live in a major city, it's a good time to just go through your own personal defense and safety and think about, okay, am I prepared? Is everything, is everything ready? Um, do I, you know, yeah, maybe you have the gun on your nightstand or you got whatever. Make sure you're, you know, you know your procedure, you can do it. Um, you, you know where you would be, how you would communicate with a mob if that's what you're worried about or whatever the risks are where you are. Um, a bug out bag if you're the kind of guy who needs to leave the city or whatever. It's just a good idea to practice uh, right now because if there is a problem, I don't think there's going to be huge problems. I don't anticipate a huge problem. I have some friends who are very concerned about my safety and are begging me to 
uh, go to Colorado for uh, the election, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem. But it could be, and it's worth actually having, um, it's worth making sure you're prepared. It's a good time. That's all. Carrie, you can guess what I talked about while you were gone. That's done. Yep. No more super chats. I think we're, I think we're good. We're good. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, this has been our live show that we do Mondays and Fridays called Confetti Break on Unsafe Space. You can find us online at unsafespace.com. We just had our book club yesterday. The next one's going to be November 22nd. We're reading The Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. You can find information on our website. Um, you can also donate to us there if you would like to support us financially and get more information about what we do. If you like the video, hit like and subscribe. Excellent. Thank you all for watching. We will see you Friday for the next Coffee Break. Friday. Bye, guys. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please keep socially distant from these individuals. I have calculated a 95.1% chance that these are the people history warned us about. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. It is illegal for you to blame everything on Russia, but it is different for the media. Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake. <laughs>